Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Good morning and welcome to church, everybody. It's great to be here. Okay, who's made the switch to the winter doona? And... uh, Canberra is moving into that zone, which is the reason we all moved to Canberra in the first place. It's to enjoy the the cool mornings. Turn to the person next to you and say, look out, it's coming. Yeah, here we go. Batten down the hatches. Actually, I was was very pleased that um, we had got the baptism out of the way the other week. It's touch and go, having a baptism in autumn. And uh, actually... I was really touched by one of our baptizees, Nina, who's uh, a lovely, lovely lady. She's here in our nine o'clock service, and I asked for permission to use her name in the 10.30. But Nina was an atheist in China, and she went overseas to the UK to study, and she, she got picked up at the airport by some people who volunteered to pick up new students from the airport and she and her other Chinese friends said, why, why do you care about us? What are you doing? And they, they said, well, we're, we're Christians. We want to show you some love. And, uh, and then Nina's whole testimony, her journey of faith is one of being, of encounters with Christians who loved her and showed kindness to her. And so at her baptism, there are five or six people who had all from different directions given her that same kindness and that that same love and you know we don't need to be preaching up here or even worshiping to get people to feel the love of God and uh, our first job when we're introducing people to Jesus is to introduce them to his love and his kindness and as they meet that in us they're actually meeting him and that's how we introduce people to him when I was 15 I was uh, invited to a Christian youth camp that my uncle and uncle ran. And at that youth camp, I met two things. I met the, the presence of the Holy Spirit in worship. I'd never experienced that before. And the second thing I met was these wonderful people, again, kind, friendly people. They were my age, some of them a bit older, but they're all, they all cared about me. And that made a huge, massive difference uh, in my world. So this message is... Uh, uh, the last one in our series on I Can Relate. It's been a fantastic series with really powerful messages here. And um, I want to talk about relating to people who are not yet Christians. And uh, Jesus is really big into friendships, into making friends. And the first point of my three points today is get friends. Get friends. Get friends, that's the starting point for us, is to make some friends. And uh, look at Proverbs 11.30. It says here, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. Your life, as we're living in Christ, is like a tree that's got fruit hanging on it. It's a fruitful tree. It's a tree of life, and the fruit of it, it's hanging on it, and that is directly connected to winning people. 
just to, to getting friends, you need to offer them something. And we offer them fruit. We offer them the fruit of our lives. Jesus is into that. He wants to make friends with everybody. It's his goal. And he offered friendships to everybody when he was on the earth. Not everybody accepted or, or, or you know, whatever the word is, it didn't reciprocate. There it is. That's one of those words just on the tip of your tongue. Not everyone reciprocated that friendship, but he offered it all the same. And when we follow him, he calls us friends. Look in John 15, 15. I no longer call you slaves because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now you're my friends since I've told you everything. And a friend lets you in on, on themselves. They reveal themselves. And the, the more intimate the friend, the more secrets are revealed about who they really are, about the issues that they're dealing with. And Jesus says, you're my friends because I've told you everything. And he's told us and he wants to tell us more. He wants to get really intimate with you and me. And then the next verse says, again, about fruit. It says, John 15, 16, I appointed you to go and bear lasting fruit. Is in there. I appointed you to go and bear lasting fruit. God wants us to bear fruit. We carry fruit. We've got oranges, apples, mandarins, and uh, bananas, pineapples just hanging off us. That's what God is wanting us to do. And uh, this message is about fruit. It, the, me, the title of the message coming up to, to Easter and the passion of Christ is, of course, passion fruit. That's the sort of fruit that you and I have. It's passion fruit. My father didn't like passion fruit. Didn't like all the seeds. Tried to get the seeds out. So it only took about half an hour to bite one bite of a pavlova. Anyway, back to the Bible. He appoints us to have fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the things that Nina was hit with, and she was just picking all this fruit. She said, this is amazing. What's, what are you guys into? Well, we're followers of Christ. That's why we've got all this fruit. And, uh, you know, speaking of fruit, we had a a piece of fruit at home that was constantly arguing with us. It was like the devil's avocado. Come on, dads. Write it down. We had another piece of fruit that was very colourful and creative, and, and we used to call it Vincent, you know, Vincent Mango. Don't laugh. It just encourages me. There's a guy, a friend of mine, who was working at an orange juice factory, but he lost his job because he couldn't concentrate. Okay, I'm getting taught to move on. So let's just keep going here. Everyone wants fruit. Fruit is, you, you can't say, no, I'm not interested in having any of your fruit. No, people want that fruit. They want some more love in their life. They want some more joy. Give me that. They want someone who's peace. We sang about peace. A beautiful new song I hadn't heard until today about peace today. People want to hang around someone who's peaceful and calm in the midst of a storm, in your office, in your neighborhood. Everyone else is freaking out. Oh, this person, they're not so worried. That feels good. I want more of that. And our fruit is a, a key, the fruit of, this, fruit of the Holy Spirit. 
everyone that we meet is a potential friend of Jesus and therefore a potential friend of yours. There's not a single person alive that Jesus doesn't want to be friends with. And they may not ever be our BFF, but they could be our F. There you go, just think about that. Actually, uh, the two, my two closest friends, even today, were, were guys that I met in 1978 at that Christian camp. So they did become BFFs. Okay, how do we make friends? Proverbs 18.24 says this, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. If you want to, be, if you want to be, have a lot of friends, you need to be friendly. I'm not talking about social media friends. I'm not talking about that sort of friend. I'm talking about real friends. Real friends, there are three ingredients to a real friendship. Here they are. Going back to school days, we know the first ingredient of a friendship is often is just consistently being with somebody. We see them regularly. Most of the friends that I made in my school days were friends simply because we're in the same class together for so many years. And even just in one year, you make friends because you're spending time with people. So the question is, who are the people that God has got you seeing regularly? Who are those people in your world that you see regularly? The, the neighbours that you see regularly, the shopkeepers that you see regularly. We try and go to the same restaurants. Uh, so we are making relationship and friendship with the waiters and waitresses and the owners. Who are those people? Because God has put some fish around you to be fishers of men. You need to have some fish. And God's put some fish there. And if you are wanting to build a relationship, then you need to spend time with that person. Second thing is that you consistently need to be positive. I mean, who woke up this morning and thought, you know, you know what I would like in my world? I'd like, a, I'd like a few more whinging, complaining, negative people in my world. That'd be great. People who are needy. People always on at me about something. No, people want to have positive people around them. They want to have people who are kind. The, the, the fruit that I was talking about. People want that. I want some. I need somebody who who's got some peace, who's got some love, got some joy. He's not always down. And when we start spreading that around, we find that we'll win souls. And the third thing is that we need. Uh, so we've got consistent uh, time with people. We have consistent positive time with people. And then the third thing is the, a real relationship requires vulnerability. It means not just talking about this level, but starting to dig a little bit deeper. Starting, as Jesus said, to tell you everything. And we, can, we don't, uh, as Melanie preached a few weeks ago, we don't throw our precious secrets just to anybody. We can test out with a minor secret and see if they trample on it. If they treasure it, then we can go to the next level and share something a little bit deeper. But people are looking for honest genuine, real, vulnerable people to be friends with. People who will speak the truth in love. And you can be that person for them. That's how you make friends. Okay, the second point today. First point is get friends. The second point is get your friends to become our friends. That's what, that's what happened with Nina. She was a friend of this person and a friend of that person. And, and then they got her to be friends with 
these people. And suddenly she had all these wonderful people. They're all so nice, so kind, and so genuine and real. What is it with you guys? This is a big, big theme in Jesus' world. Look at this. We read from John 1, verse 35. I'm reading from the Passion. The very next day, John the Baptist was there again with two of his disciples as Jesus was walking right past them. John, gazing upon him, pointed to Jesus and said, Look, there's God's Lamb. And as soon as as John's two disciples heard this, they immediately left John and began to follow a short distance behind Jesus. Then Jesus turned around and and saw that they were following him and asked, what do you want? And that's something that Jesus asks us every day as well. What do you want? They said, well, Rabbi, where are you staying? That's a good answer when you're talking to Jesus and he asks you, what do you want? Well, actually, we just want to be with you. And then he says to them, well, come and discover for yourselves. That's the whole Jesus walk right there. What do you want in life? Well, I want what you've got. I want you. Okay, well, come and discover. Come and I'll show you. All of us are on a journey. Hopefully, we're following someone who's worth following. There's a lot of people we could be following, but we leave that one because we found someone worth following. We followed Jesus. And uh, so they went with him and saw where he was staying. And since it was late in the afternoon, they spent the rest of the day with him. Verse 40, one of the two disciples who'd heard John's words and began to follow Jesus was a man named Andrew. He went and found his brother Simon and told him, we found the anointed one. You know, the, the conversation around the water cooler at the, at the fishing club in Galilee was, Who, who's the Messiah? What, what's, gonna, what's he going to be like? I heard there's a guy out in the bush. He started a bit of an army and he's, that could be him. Oh, well, I don't know. It could be one of the leaders. You know, there's some really great speakers and they could get an army together to get rid of these Romans. And people were talking about that. It was a hot issue of the day. And Andrew went and got his brother Simon and said, we found the one. We know what we're all talking about. We found him. And Andrew brought Simon to meet him. When Jesus gazed upon Andrew's brother, he prophesied to him, You are Simon. Your father's name is John, but from now on you're going to be called Cephas, Peter. Look at verse 43. The next day Jesus decided to go to the region of Galilee. There he found Philip and said to him, come and follow me. Now Philip and Andrew and Peter were all from the same village. So these were guys who knew each other. Jesus was building on friendships. Then Philip went to look for his friend Nathaniel and told him, we found him, we found the one who we've been waiting for. It's Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth, the anointed one. He's the one that Moses and the prophets prophesied would come. So you have these connections in Jesus' own disciples. And then if you go to Luke, verse, Luke chapter 5, verses 9 and 10, you see this. Simon Peter and the other fishermen, including his fishing partners, Jacob and John. We, we usually say James and John. This is the Passion Version because we're doing Passion Fruit. The sons of Zebedee were awestruck over the miracle catch of fish. And Jesus answered, Do not yield to your fear, Simon Peter. From now on you will catch men for salvation. We often yield to our fear as well. So here you have six of Jesus' 12 disciples were all already networked. You have Andrew, brother of Simon. And you have 
Simon's partners, James and John. And then you have the uh, Philip and his friend, Nathaniel. What did they do? They had friends. You've got to get friends. And then they got their friends to come and meet their other friends. Okay, can everyone show me a smile, please? Just show me your big white ones. Very good. In my personal opinion, you look pretty friendly. And I reckon that if you showed one of those to some of your friends and invited them to your house for a barbecue, they'd probably say yes. And then if you invited some of us as well, you'd be getting your friends to become our friends. Okay, you say, oh, well, I don't know that many people in the church. Okay, well, you've got to get some friends. You've got to join a group, and get some friends, and then get those friends to meet these friends, and now we're all friends, which is what happened to Nina and what happens regularly in our church. And also that smile means that I've made a note here that you're very appealing, which is an appropriate word for today. And it's amazing how many times we go to a wedding and people say, you're what? You're the pastor? She's the pastor? She doesn't look like a pastor. We're actually quite normal, quite normal people. So don't be afraid. I'm not saying invite us, but don't be afraid to invite church people. We are a normal church with normal people. And your friends are going to love our people. Andrew and Peter and those guys around the water cooler were talking about the Messiah. What are the people talking about around your water cooler? At work, in your neighborhood, in your family, what, is the, what are the hot topics people are talking about? Because that's what got these guys to bring their friends. They went to the hot topic about the Messiah and that was the bait. Come, you know that we're talking about that? Come on. And we can find out that people in our uh, day and age are talking about loneliness. They're talking about anxiety. They're talking about financial issues. They're worried about the future. There's certain issues that are hot topics. And you can say to them, well, actually, you know, we did a great series on uh, relationships. It really helped me. I know that you've had troubles in your marriage or whatever it is, but, you know, I think we're doing a series. You might really get something out of that. Or you're talking about how being at church has released you from anxiety because the peace of God has come in. You don't have to put it in religious language. You can say, well, I've just found that since I've been going to church, I'm just not as anxious. And, you know, you're talking about being anxious. You know, you ought to come sometime. What are the fish that God has given you? And what are they feeding on? Because where they, what they, the topics that they're feeding on, that's your bait. That's what you feed them. That's what they need to hear about. And your concern for their needs will open up doors of opportunity, especially when they know that all your church friends are normal, nice, kind, fruit-bearing people. Yeah, I want some more of that. And the final thing, of course, is to, after you've got some friends in and out of the church, and after you've got them together, then we get your friends to meet and become 
Jesus, friends. And we want to pray with you about that. Melanie talked about that. We've got a prayer meeting this Tuesday. And you can get us as a church to be praying with you for your friends and get God speaking into their hearts, softening them, touching them. You know, Nina has a Christian grandmother who I bet prayed for her a lot. My granddaughter thinks she's an atheist. God, touch her. Touch her when she goes to England. Touch her when she goes to Australia. God says, yep, okay, I will. I'm going to introduce her to so many of my people. She's just going to be surrounded by fruit. You're getting gorged. The joy of a soul meeting Jesus. What a joy it was for her five or six friends to be at her baptism and to say, I, I, I loved her. I, I've been with her. I've seen this happen. What a great joy. And it takes one person to make a difference. And you don't know, we don't know what's in Nina's future. And uh, back in 1855, there's a, a teenage boy who was selling shoes and boots. Uh, and he was from a dysfunctional family. He wasn't a particularly happy person. And then this one guy just kept coming in and being kind to him, being kind to him, bringing some fruit with him. Passion fruit. And sharing it with this boy. And this boy opened up and this guy invited him to a meeting just a couple of teenagers and he, where he was teaching them about the Bible, teaching them about God's love and about Jesus. This boy became a believer and, he went, and his name was Dwight Moody, Dwight L. Moody. And he went on to become a preacher who won over a million people to the Lord. And all just, that floodgates opened thanks to one person showing kindness Enough kindness and enough hope in this life that the boy said, can you give me a reason for the hope that is in you? Which is the same thing that Nina said to those friends of hers. Why are you all like this? You're all the same. Another boy born into a rich English upper class family where there wasn't much love. It was a cold big mansion with servants and housekeepers and he hardly ever saw his own parents he said later in life but one of the housekeepers just one because it only takes one showed him kindness and love and read the bible with him as a young boy and taught him to pray and his name was Anthony Ashley Cooper he became the Earl of Shaftesbury, the seventh Earl of Shaftesbury. And he went on to a career as a Christian in Parliament in the UK. And he completely reformed the lunatic asylums of England. They went from being places where people were locked into rooms, chained into their rooms, just given straw to sleep on and to go to the toilet on. And over the weekends they were not allowed out at all. And he completely overhauled it. He said, those people need to see kindness. They need to see compassion. Because when I was a boy, I got it given to me. Someone shared their fruit with me. And that's all God's asking us to do. Share some fruit. Share some of your fruit around. He also 
changed the child labour laws in England so that they weren't allowed to work. If you were under uh, 10, you weren't allowed to work more than eight hours a day. That was an improvement on the previous. And then uh, he helped change the lives of poor people more generally as well as a parliamentarian. Or because one housekeeper shared kindness and love with them. Because it's the power, it's by, by your kindness that we know the goodness of God. It's your kindness that brings us to a change of heart. God said in Genesis, be fruitful and multiply. If we want our church to multiply, we have to be fruitful. We have to be full of fruit. And as we are full of fruit, we find that it multiplies. And people say, well, I want more of that. So we get some friends. We get our friends, your friends to become our friends. And then we get your friends to become Jesus' friends. Because there's not one person in the world that he doesn't want to be friends with. And right now there's uh, perhaps people right here and you know that you're not in a place of friendship with God. Let's close our eyes. And I just want to give those people an opportunity to pause and to reflect. Because Jesus right now holding out his hand of kindness to you and saying, come on, friend, why don't you answer this question? What do you want? Well, I want to know the truth. And Jesus says, well, come and, discover, come and follow me. Come and discover it. Let's begin this journey of faith together. If that's you today, then I would like you to join in me with a prayer right now. You don't have to come forward or put your hand up or anything. You just need to pray a prayer. In fact, we're all going to pray this together with you because all of us need to reset anyway. So let's all pray this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your great love. I'm so sorry for locking you out of my life. And I'm so sorry for the things that I've done that have hurt other people, that have hurt me, and that have hurt you. And I turn around and I invite you into my life. I invite you into my heart to be your child in Jesus' name. Thank you, dear Lord, that you come into my heart and you change my life forever. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd also like to pray right now for each of us, for those people in our lives who God has given us, that are fish, swimming around, we see them regularly. Let's make a commitment right now. Lord God, I pray that each person here, that we have a commitment to shower those people with kindness, even people who are antagonistic, people who are negative, people who put up this facade of don't talk to me. Lord, we pray that our kindness and that our love would drop the scales off their eyes. Lord, that they'd want to know, why are we being so loving? Why are we filled with so much hope? Lord God, how come we've got peace? Lord, I pray that each of us would have people in our world who are driven to that place of wanting to know why. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Thanks for listening. 
find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.